us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaHealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Navigating the Cancer Maze with Grace Goller. Dealing with cancer is by no means easy to handle, but our program aims to make it easier through knowledge. Whether you've been recently diagnosed, are going through treatment right now, or are a survivor, our program will have points that you should hear. And by sharing our stories together, we'll make it truly a life-changing experience that you don't have to go through alone. Now... Here is your host, Grace Goller. And hello to you out there. Grace Goller here with another edition of Navigating the Cancer Maze. And I hope you'll find today's program very educational. And uh, it's packed full of information about colon health, colon cancer, prevention, management. And if we get time today, we'll be talking also about some of the latest treatments. In the coming weeks, I will be uh, interviewing some bowel specialists, uh, a bowel cancer uh, specialist surgeon, and also people who work in the area of gastroenterology. So there's a lot to uh, look forward to, and especially with that time of year coming, Christmas, when we overindulge quite often often on many uh, foods and then spend the early part of New Year recovering. Um, Colon health and colon care is not something that's usually in our minds at this time of year, but we certainly feel the impact of it if we've eaten too many of the things that perhaps we, uh, we don't eat regularly. Um, Before we start today, I just want to bring your attention to um, a MedWatch warning that was uh, delivered out to all practitioners during this week. We've uh, had our segments on breast cancer, but I thought this was quite important to just add add into the show today. Um, It's a new test that's been um, touted as a screening test, as an alternative to uh, mammography. And uh, this test, it's called a nipple aspirate test. And um, the FDA is now alerting the public that uh, this test is absolutely not a replacement for mammography. Um, There's many other... Uh, more alternative tests around for diagnosing breast cancer. But in my experience, um, you know, nearly 40 years next year, I've had many, many patients who have had their lives saved by mammography. I know it's not ideal. It's not the best. It does deliver a certain degree of radiation itself. However, it's better than um, having a, a really nasty breast cancer develop. And as many of the, actually, it's thousands of women that uh, have been in my practice through the years, um, you know, they'd never knew that they had, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> they never knew that they had the problem 
of a uh, of a breast cancer and um, I think that's one of the things that's really important because you know we can uh, tune into our health as we think but um, most of these patients have just been amazed when their diagnosis has come so uh, I'd really uh, caution you to think about this and if you're out there and you haven't had a mammogram for some time, it's perhaps time that you thought about this because as well as navigating the cancer maze, we're always uh, navigating the prevention maze in cancer. Harder to, uh, to sort of sell to people but uh, nevertheless, it's, uh, you know, it's the best way to go. Um, you know, it's uh, the cure versus the prevention is far, far um, away from what we'd like to be doing. And I know in my work when I see people who have um, uh, very advanced cancer and some of them, and particularly bowel cancers actually as well as we're talking about today, um, who have said, oh, yes, you know, I've had hemorrhoids for five years and uh, or I've had a bleeding colon. Have you been to the doctor? No. Um, didn't want to know about it. Put the head in the sand. So, you know, many of the uh, issues that come along with cancer are because we have put our head in the sand and we've ignored symptoms. Um, you don't always get symptoms, but... Um, this is, seems to be a very 50-50 arrangement and uh, I think always go and get yourself checked out. It's a part of just general health care. So if you'd like to know more about that particular warning, it'll be on my um, media blog probably in a couple of hours after this show today and that is gracegawlermedia.com. Now, last week on um, Navigating the Cancer Maze, I spoke with Angela and she shared her inspiring story. Uh, if you missed the show, please visit the monthly archives at the top right of the webpage on Voice America. Um, you'll also find information about this, again, on gracegawlermedia.com. So just briefly, in Angela's case, family history, um, condition at the time of her diagnosis and uh, her now absence of polyps since February uh, 2012, and she's really considered now to have impacted and lowered her risk of developing colon cancer. Previously, as we said last week, it was very high. Um, one of the things that's been also important for her is that we actually know what's going on. Uh, regular colonoscopies have really provided very valuable information. So we can be uh, using the program that she's on whilst actually checking um, and monitoring her situation uh, by using um, colonoscopies. And, you know, there's nothing like a, a, a visual of the tissue to know that what you're doing is actually working. And she reported um, that she'd had about 100 polyps. Uh, I think they stopped counting it uh, at that point, And 33 of those were surgically removed um, so the rest remained and she was booked in to have her colon removed so what did she do about her FAP we touched on this last week in the last segment now um, FAP is a very long word familial adenomatous polyposis um, FAP is a lot easier um, so we know now that the texture of her colon's improved. We know that she's made uh, some diet, some lifestyle changes. She was very eloquent in telling us about that. Uh, we know that her peristalsis was returned, and that's a word that will come up a little bit today in the show. Now, peristalsis is the muscular movement or contraction that actually pushes food through the intestine. 
As a practicing naturopath, you know, I insist all my patients undergo medical monitoring, excuse me, medical monitoring, too many M's in there, um, and I insist on these uh, medical diagnostics. Uh, it's absolutely an essential in the practice, and um, I tell people that if they don't want to do that, they, they really should take the advice, but they might be better off finding another practitioner, uh, because I think it's the best way for the patient, basically. You know, to marry our um, our modern medical science, I call it an each-way bet, best of both worlds, um, to marry that with the more traditional approaches from, say, naturopathy, herbal medicine, lifestyle medicine. Um, you know, given my clientele, the majority who have stage four cancer, for me, guesswork and uh, intuition, um, it's, it's just not an option. Um, I must deliver safe results and um, safe information for patients. So today's show is quite informational. Um, it's based on a lot of my experience and a lot of my um, knowledge qualifications. And the information, I must emphasize, is meant to encourage and empower you. Um, I really would like you to, if you're not already, and perhaps you are if you're listening to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, um, to have a think about this and think, well, how could I be proactive in my health care? Um, now, I don't mean self-help care when I say this. And, uh, you know, you, I'm someone who started the first self-help groups in Australia. Times were different then. Um, and when we talked about self-help back then, it, everything in, in medicine was not geared really at the patient. We were involved very much all those years ago um, in a more scientific medical model. And, and these two places hadn't met, they hadn't bridged. So um, I think it's really important that we do bridge that gap. Um, so I think self-help, you've got to be careful that self-help can really become self-destructive when you don't know enough and you, you take on too much to do for yourself without advice. I think it can be a really motivational experience in the positive, but just please, please, please um, do get advice on to how to personalise your treatment. And I think that's the real key. Um, there is no one size fits all. And certainly for Angela, um, there were certain aspects in her history uh, that she felt uh, needed attention. And that was a very important component in her recovery as well as what she was taking. Now, I still, uh, I still get overawed at uh, some of the new research that's coming out. And this week, um, one of the genetic research companies that uh, I subscribe to published some really amazing material. It's worthwhile talking about this just briefly on the theme of it because I think it's very important for cancer patients. Um, it was on the molecular mechanisms of cancer. And it was absolutely a mind-blowing article along with a diagram. Now, I've been in the field of cancer 40 years next year, as I've said. This information actually showed the complexity of the pathways, the complexity of all the signaling, communication between cells when you have a cancer situation. And for me as a practitioner, it was a really humbling experience to see and, and to, to actually process what these diagrams meant. And it was a bit like looking at uh, hundreds and hundreds of billiard balls that were on a table and they were all getting shot off in different directions and how one was then impacting the other and impacting the other. 
But on the other side of this was a really um, quite a profound awareness for me once again. Um, I was reminded, as I hope you are too today, at the amazing molecular mechanisms that keep us well. It's so easy to focus on the disease model. It's, it's um, you know, you forget about this. When you're ill, for many people, illness represents my body's let me down, represents failure of the body to have kept you well or failure in yourself for some reason. And there's a lot of guilt often attached with that. Um, you know, I've had too many cappuccinos and not enough coffee enemas, shrieks the patient. Um, and uh, quite seriously, in my practice, I actually have people often go through this scenario of really beating themselves up. So be mindful of this, of um, not beating yourself up in the name of healing. And, you know, um, engage in conversation, engage with your health professionals. Um, by all means, read. But don't think that that's where it stops and that's been one of my greatest learnings is um, to read material and go, aha, the next time I see the advance on that and the advance on that and the advance on that. Um, remember, uh, good old Confucius, I think, had it right. He said in his first precept, food is the first happiness. And certainly when I look uh, at a lot of the things that patients are doing these days, um, there needs to be some balance. And of course, food is so, so important in terms of colon, um, in a function, in the way that we function. You know, three quarters of our immune systems in the colon. So uh, it's a very, very important area to focus on. So when we come back after the break, we're really going to launch into um, the area of uh, colon cancer. We're going to look at the various supplements in detail um, that Angela took and hopefully you may be able to take some of this information to your health practitioner and ask questions. Don't go away. We'll be back shortly on Navigating the Cancer Maze. life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Hulvang Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hulvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. Learn to navigate the cancer maze with trusted professionals in cancer health care. The Grace Scholar Institute, a not-for-profit organization with an established track record, a global clientele, and expertise in local and international referrals. The Institute's founder has almost 40 years' experience as a multidiscipline cancer strategist with a focus on finding options and implementing personalized care for cancer patients. The Grace Scholar Institute can help you navigate the cancer maze. 
Why not email the Institute today at institute at gracegoller.com or visit their website at gracegollerinstitute.com. Listen each week to Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller, from the Grace Goller Institute, as she interviews cancer medicine experts, researchers, allied health professionals, patients, and caregivers. Navigating the Cancer Maze provides you with information, education, inspiration, and a toolkit that will equip you wherever you are and whoever you are to effectively navigate your way through the cancer maze. The Grace Goller Institute also provides ebook resources. Be inspired. Be empowered. Visit the Institute's website at www.gracegollerinstitute.com or email institute at gracegoller.com. tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Welcome back. Grace Gawley here. We're Navigating the Cancer Maze and today discussing the colon. Um, before the break, we were actually talking about the uh, the disease model versus the wellness model. And uh, I think this comes through very clearly for cancer patients. I think it comes down to whether we enhance and assist the healing mechanisms in the body. We do have a self-healing um, mechanism. It is innate. We do have a repair mechanism. Um, and the body does have the ability to heal. Immune cells have the ability to remember the codes of the diseases that we've had in the past. For instance, if you've, you know, had measles or um, chickenpox, even if you haven't had a vaccination, you may have uh, vaccinated yourself against those particular um, diseases because your immune system remembers the codes of what those diseases look like and it protects you. So, you know, it's a pretty amazing kind of a a system that we have. So just uh, to finish that off, my advice to all patients, by all means, focus on your illness with intent, with the desire to recover, but never forget how amazing your body really is and try to enhance the way that your body works. And particularly when it comes to um, looking at diet and the colon, you know, you're not only what you eat, but actually what you absorb, what you can absorb. And um, nothing's truer than that when we start looking at the, uh, the mechanisms of the colon. Now, there's five important questions to answer um, this week and next. First one is, can you impact something like FAP? which is the polyps, and inhibit, therefore, the growth and development of colon cancer. Um, Angela's done this. She's done it once. 
Um, so uh, is it repeatable? That's the thing we always have to ask. Um, and she is not the first person in my practice over the years to actually have achieved this. Um, interestingly, they've all had slightly slightly different treatment, but some of the same things. And the doses have been quite different of the program of supplements that they've actually had. Um, you know, can you impact these kinds of things with these changes, with lifestyle, stress reduction? Um, and sometimes, look, for many people, it's changing just one thing in their life that then ripples out into uh, all the other things that they, uh, they might like to change to have a better quality of life. So we're going to talk about Angela's specific program very soon. Um, can you prevent cancer of the colon? Well, that leads into our first question there, which also leads into do we know the causes? of colon cancer. Um, it's perhaps one of the most preventable, actually, of all the cancers on the planet. And if you have a look at the little blurb for today's uh, Navigating the Cancer Maze on the e-card, you'll actually see this fairly alarming statistics in colon cancer. And it's one of the cancers um, that if you do catch early um, in the early development stages, that there's a high cure rate when you leave it for a long time, when you leave it for years because you're too worried to go to the doctor, um, the potential to recover from that cancer, of course, diminishes considerably. Um, so is there anything that we can do um, in terms of impacting uh, causes? Well, of course, we've talked about some of those. And if you've had colorectal cancer, and that's cancer of the colon or cancer of the rectum, colorectal cancer. Um, if you've had it, what can you do? And we'll look, uh, if we get time today, we'll look at the treatment and we're also going to look about preventing a recurrence by making some of these perhaps seemingly small changes. So... Um, Last week, I mentioned high EPA fish oil as a supplement, and this seems to have been something across the board for many, many patients, um, not only who have colon cancer, who've had it, or who are in the precancerous stage where they have a high potential to develop colon cancer. Now, one of the uh, cautions with this, if you're on any blood thinning medications or if you're about to have surgery, uh, it's imperative that you do stop any fish oil supplement five to seven days prior because it does thin the blood. And uh, by doing that, uh, you could leave yourself open to hemorrhage. So this is one you don't self-prescribe, really. Uh, just go along to a health practitioner, um, a specialist GP, maybe your oncologist, and ask about uh, things that will uh, be anticoagulants in your blood. Fish oil is certainly one of the easiest ones to use in terms of prevention, but when you actually have a cancer, you need more specialised advice with that. Now, we know that people who um, consume large amounts of fish oil and oily fish, uh, they do have a lower risk of developing colon cancer. So we mentioned some of those last week, uh, mackerel, tuna, salmon, sturgeon, anchovy, sardines. Um, and for those, it's important to say who are strong on food ethics and, and production of their food, which I think is actually quite an important thing, um, you should know that in some of the fish oils, and particularly some of the cheaper ones, that whale uh, blubber and seal blubber may also be used. So uh, it's uh, very, very important that you actually check the source of your fish oil. If it's not stated on the label, ring up the company and ask them and get something in writing. Um, I think it's probably um, 
that important. The other thing in uh, the blubber material of those creatures is there's likely to be a high amount of um, lead, mercury and other heavy metals. So that's the second thing. You must always check um, that it's been mercury tested or heavy metal tested and uh, even better, heavy metal free if that's, um, if that's possible. Um, eating salmon, a lot of patients ask me, is eating canned salmon okay? And I say, absolutely. It's perhaps better to eat canned salmon from uh, the northern waters of the Atlantic, from Norway, Sweden, Denmark, right across up into the north of Canada, um, to eat canned salmon from these areas because it's probably uh, less polluted and it may uh, also uh, give you the convenience of not having to go out and buy f salmon that might be farmed that you don't know about. Um, in Australia, we have some excellent management in uh, salmon farming and uh, I have no hesitation for Australians that Tassel um, group down in Tasmania who I've scrutinised and uh, visited um, actually produces very, very um, high quality products. Um, we talked last week about there's a gene mutation for people who have this uh, precursor to cancer, the polyposis. Um, now, it's going to be very interesting for Angela to see whether at some point that she's been able to alter the genetics, uh, whether there's been any healing that's happened at that level. And that's something that, you know, as a scientist, I'm very interested to know whether these products actually can, over a period of time, really start to filter through to the whole of the molecular system. So, um, colon... Um, polyps, colorectal polyps, um, the uh, fish oil, and there's a rationale based on this too, uh, not only on the thinning of the blood, but as an anti-inflammatory. And we've talked on this show before about um, the nature of inflammation and how inflammation can induce over a period of time when it's chronic, um, the development of cancer. So leaving fish oil, I just want to talk for a moment about Boswellia, Boswellia serrata. Um, this is a really potent, once again, we're looking at an anti-inflammatory substance. It's also known as frankincense. Um, please don't by any means think, oh, frankincense, I'll go and buy the resin and I'll take that. That can actually be a real problem for your gullet. Um, it can cause a lot of bleeding. It's, it's quite uh, potent. What you need to have is the boswellic acids that are actually extracted um, in a, a good pharmaceutical type preparation or a good naturopathic type preparation. Um, very important. Uh, capsules, therefore, the best uh, way to take this. Boswellia is actually one of my five-star herbal preparations and um, it has so many properties. So it's an inhibitor of pro-inflammatory enzyme and, and it's also known now that it may possess other inflammatory effects. Now I'm going to put some more on my blog about this today so if you want the, the hard science I'm not going to bore you with that uh, on um, radio. But there are some amazing processes that we now know that Boswellia serrata is involved in in the body. Um, we know that it inhibits 
these factors involved in inflammation. So uh, things like joint problems, intestinal disorders of all kinds, irritable bowel syndrome, um, Crohn's disease, and even in cancer and lung-related diseases where we know there's quite a lot of inflammation, Boswellia can really help. Um, it's, um, it's Science is quite solid, and I actually read this week on a blog of a scientist and he was amazed at this particular herb. It's one that's really worth looking into and I'm going to put some links on gracegallermedia.com, it's G-A-W-L-E-R today, so that if you want to have a look at some of these, um, I think it's important in the terms of uh, asking your practitioners if you're not on these products, um, if you can be. So we know that Boswellia also, and I don't say this really often, but this is one of the things that the, the, um, the fellow on the blog who's a scientist and a doctor said this week, it actually can um, potently, potently suppress tumour growth. Um, we now know that it's not only in gliomas in the brain where it actually reduces the fluid around the glioma but also is very aggressive towards the, um, the glioma cells. The chemicals there must be having an input in that cancer pathway, those uh, molecular mechanisms that I talked about earlier. Um, pancreatic cancer is also now known to respond as part of the treatment uh, to Boswellia serrata. Um, we know in colorectal cancer, and there's some talk now that it actually might uh, prevent growth in, in prostate cancer as well as, um, as it's been well known for in gliomas. So it's a very promising anti-cancer herb. Um, it needs to get the correct so please don't go off and just look for any I1. Um, it needs to be prescribed. It needs to have the correct dose. It needs to be of high quality and it needs to be in the right form. Um, it appears to be relatively non-toxic. So um, that's something that's really very good. So I believe we're coming up once again. This time on this show goes so quickly um, to having a break now. And we'll be back shortly and I'm going to continue with a little bit about about Boswellia, uh, probiotics, and um, other factors around prevention, management, and treatment of colons. Don't go away. Learn to navigate the cancer maze with trusted professionals in cancer healthcare. The Grace Goller Institute, a not-for-profit organization with an established track record, a global clientele, and expertise in local and international referrals. The Institute's founder has almost 40 years' experience as a multidiscipline cancer strategist with a focus on finding options and implementing personalized care for cancer patients. The Grace Goller Institute can help you navigate the cancer maze. Why not email the Institute today at institute at gracegoller.com or visit their website at gracegollerinstitute.com. Listen each week to Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller, from the Grace Goller Institute as she interviews cancer medicine experts, researchers, allied health professionals, patients, and caregivers. Navigating the Cancer Maze provides you with information, education, inspiration, and a toolkit that will equip you wherever you are and whoever you are to effectively navigate your way through the cancer maze. The Grace Goller Institute also provides ebook resources. 
Be inspired. Be empowered. Visit the Institute's website at www.gracescholarinstitute.com or email institute at gracescholar.com. Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Hulvung Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hullvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. You are tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Hi, Grace Gawley here, back with you. Um, I find these uh, sessions actually uh, really uh, quite uh, enlightening for myself when I actually look back at my um, records of my patients and when I read the research, uh, I really see that this show provides people with uh, some of the things that you might not find anywhere else or if you were looking, it might take you months, if not years to find. So when... um, with uh, Angela uh, talking about her situation and uh, being able to pull the positives out of that of what helped her uh, to me is a very exciting thing and I hope you find this um, today very, very interesting and that you will follow a line of inquiry. We were talking about Boswellia which has um, been a very, very key anti-inflammatory supplement for Angela. Um, I have a number of people with uh, a brain tumour which is called uh, glioblastoma multiforme. It's a very aggressive kind of brain tumour and through my work at the German uh, clinics, um, it really enhanced my understanding as well of the potency of this particular herb. It's used a lot in Germany. Um, it's used for brain edema that's associated with radiotherapy when someone's uh, you know, had uh, any kind of radiotherapy to the brain. There's a lot of fluid that often uh, pulls around the brain and can cause pressure. And um, some people can't um, have high levels of cortisone, which is often recommended uh, for taking down the, that uh, level of uh, fluid in the brain. Um, and sometimes boswellia can be used alongside it as well and then um, sort of carried on when the cortisone is actually withdrawn. So it's really something to ask, uh, particularly your, your oncologist, your neurologist, um, any of your health practitioners about its anti-inflammatory and anti-cancer effects make it a really interesting herb um, and which is really good that the science is there. 
And when the science is there, um, we can actually then progress because it's not just uh, what we call uh, a bit of woo-woo or, or what some uh, doctors have said to be, oh, that's all rubbish, that stuff. You know, there's, a, there's an element of things that maybe don't work as well as they're touted, but there are a few of these herbs, and I call them the five stars, and those five stars have, have been tried and true. Now, the other thing I want to talk about is glutathione. Um, Angela actually started off on uh, a product which is a glutathione precursor. Now, glutathione is actually uh, a key cellular antioxidant. And uh, it's very important for so many processes in the body. And uh, I, I want to really show you today about the potency of this for myself, from my own history, just briefly. Because after 21 surgeries, um, at the end of the, uh, I think it was year number 13, um, my bionic device that was um, planted in Holland that operates what's left of my lower colon um, actually stopped and for six weeks, I did not have bowel function with a large colon that was about 12 inches in length. And I was also missing some small um, colon as well, five feet of that. So when everything stopped, my battery went flat, <laughs> would you believe? You can't charge the battery. You have to have a new device. I couldn't get it done in Australia. And uh, I had to go overseas. And it was a really, really expensive uh, procedure to have as well. But uh, after the procedure, they'd, they'd replaced it. All was actually uh, going well with the device. But what had happened was my colon swelled to the size of a balloon. Um, it was hideous. It was enormous. And uh, the problem that I had for the next 12 months was that the, the linkages and the peristalsis had completely gone in my colon. Now... I don't like multi-level marketing at all. And a friend who was a doctor rang me up and he, he said, oh, come along to this meeting tonight because there's this product that's going to be uh, at the meeting. And I thought, oh, yes. And we, we ummed and hard and my partner and I went along. Um, we could have left after the first kind of hard sell in the, in the beginning. But something caused me to stay. And um, it was a turning point for me. And it was uh, another uh, bit of evidence of just don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's, it's worthwhile listening to things and then making up your mind. I actually tried the supplement. Someone got me some um, and uh, within a few days, I actually started to notice peristalsis. That was in 2009. I've not been off the product since. It's an essential for me every day um, and I take it twice a day and it's a glutathione um, promoter. So, there's some very interesting other things about glutathione. Again, um, get your quality product. If anyone's uh, in a similar situation to myself and you want to try it, there's very little harm you can do with um, one of those products. It's not actually the glutathione because it's, it's too large a, a molecule, but it's the precursors to making glutathione in the body that's really, really important. Um, I searched later on and I found hundreds of articles. Now, mostly they were from the 90s, um, the late 80s. Uh, the one from 1995 was very convincing to me that in experiments um, as well as with human uh, clinical trial that they had actually found that glutathione stimulated peristalsis. And I just went, yes, you know, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a proof um, that this has happened, even with my shortened and, and damaged colon. So that was really interesting. And then um, 
I found another article which was published in the Journal of Oncology in 2007. This was one that was done with mice and I'm actually going to read this one because I think it's quite important when you uh, quote research that you read it. I'll also put the uh, link to this on um, grayscallermedia.com. Um, researchers reported the results of an experiment about what happens when production of glutathione was blocked in mice. So in order to examine the role of glutathione, a key cellular antioxidant, on spontaneous tumour development, so they're looking at a different thing here. They're looking at developing tumours and if you think constipation is associated with bowel cancer. Researchers tested the effects of BSO. I won't trouble you with the long name, but I'll put that on the website. Um, it's a specific inhibitor of glutathione synthesis. And they observed these mice. They had the control group and they had two sets of um, other mice in the trial. And after 10 weeks... The mouse um, glutathione levels were decreased between 29 and 88% in all the tissues, except in the liver and the brain, in the BSO-treated mice. No changes were observed in most tissues from the ones that were um, the control animals. Um, they showed similar survival patterns as well as the incidence of most commonly observed tumours. So um, that's also of interest. They said lymphomas, about 80% of the mice had lymphoma um, and other tumours was 38%. However, this is the interesting bit. A five-fold increase of colonic tumours in the mice was observed in the treated group, suggesting that glutathione deficiency and loss of what's called the P53 function, um, and I'll explain more about that if anyone is interested on the website, play contributory roles in colon carcinogenesis. So that means of the colon actually um, creating a cancer situation. So a five-fold increase in the likelihood that you would get a colon cancer if we take the mouse model and put it into the human model um, that has had this contributory role. And that was really um, a very surprising one for me. And I know some of my German doctors, uh, one in particular um, who I'm quite close to, is always saying, oh, you must get this checked and, and tested and always have your um, the circulating tumour cells measured because of the incidence of my colon being um, paralysed uh, for so long. And uh, I've taken that to heart and I've really done extra things for my self-care with that. So, um, yeah, glutathione, it's a good one to uh, include. And remember, it is the precursor to glutathione. If you want the exact product, you can email me or um, maybe check into the website. I'll put it on there. Um, if we're also looking at uh, prevention, now, this is one of the ones I was kind of almost a bit loath today to talk about um, because gluten is just so bandied about. It's like everyone has a gluten intolerance and uh, it's almost the popular thing to talk about at parties these days. Um, <clears throat> it's a really emotionally charged area, it seems. And perhaps there's a number of people who are overdiagnosed with it or people who become so worried about it that they, they cut it out but they don't actually have a, a gluten intolerance. I can say, however, that patients of mine who've been on chemotherapy um, who've loved their bread um, find that when they go back to eating uh, bread or wheat products after chemo that suddenly they 
they bloat, they're not well, um, they have a lot of inflammatory issues and um, this could actually be attributed uh, to not so much the wheat but the gluten that's actually in the wheat. Um, so gluten is actually just a protein and um, the primary uh, grains all have a little bit of this. Um, gliadin is the the actual uh, culprit that's that's in the protein and it's the thing that will actually um, cause inflammatory reactions in the in the small intestines as well as uh, also in the large colon um, so when we're looking at things like uh, sensitivity to this particular substance, um, you know, you can get a feeling of uneasiness in your gut uh, when you're exposed to it. Um, you just don't feel well. So it creates an inflammatory reaction, as we said, in the gastrointestinal tract. Heat, redness, swelling uh, interrupts the normal function of the small intestine. And this is studied and I've got some um, info on that I'll put on the blog. So it's like your body's attempting to fight off a foreign undigestible substance. And then your blood vessels enlarge, you become more permeable and uh, the immune system comes in and then you've got like injury at the site, big problems. Um, my goodness, we're coming up to another break on navigating the cancer maze, so I will come back and pick up where I've left off, talking about gluten and uh, what you can do and how you can find out if you do have a, a gluten intolerance. Don't go away. Back soon. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Listen each week to Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller, from the Grace Goller Institute, as she interviews cancer medicine experts, researchers, allied health professionals, patients, and caregivers. Navigating the Cancer Maze provides you with information, education, inspiration, and a toolkit that will equip you wherever you are and whoever you are to effectively navigate your way through the cancer maze. The Grace Scholar Institute also provides ebook resources. Be inspired. Be empowered. Visit the Institute's website at www.gracegollarinstitute.com or email institute at gracegollar.com. Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Hulvang Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hulvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. Learn to navigate the cancer maze with trusted professionals in cancer health care. The Grace Goller Institute, a not-for-profit organization with an established track record, a global clientele, and expertise in local and international referrals. The Institute's founder has almost 40 years' experience as a multidiscipline cancer strategist with a focus on finding options and implementing personalized care for cancer patients. The Grace Goller Institute can help you navigate the cancer maze. 
Why not email the Institute today at institute at gracegoller.com or visit their website at gracegollerinstitute.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Welcome back. Uh, we've been talking about gluten in the last uh, uh, segment of the show. And I'd just like to enlarge a little bit on that. Um, as we said, many people have or think that they have a sensitivity to gluten. Um, just to continue with the actual process, because I think it's always useful to know that this is not something that's just dropped out of the sky and it uh, doesn't have any science behind it. Um, I think in the, maybe 10, 20 years ago, even uh, it was seen to be one of those things like chronic fatigue syndrome that didn't exist. And why people Uh, have now suddenly become um, sensitive to many of the products in the food chain is likely to be the way that the food's produced or maybe even genetically altered. There's so much that we don't know. But uh, we do know that when um, this uh, protein is consumed that you do get that inflammatory reaction. So it's like that you've got something foreign in there and your body's immune system reacts to it. So as well as that, You get fluid leaking from the blood vessels in the surrounding tissues through that process. And that brings more white blood cells into the tissues. And then you get an enhanced immune reaction even more. So what happens then, just like if you had a cut, that thin filament that we call fibrin, it's it's what happens when you cut yourself and you get a little scab over the top. Um, that also forms at the site, and that aids in the repair mechanisms for the the, uh, the wall of the intestine. Uh, so they say within about fifteen hours after the substance, the gluten substance, um, gliadin, has um, hit the gut, that the inflammatory process occurs. Now. What happens is this slowly heals. You might get it a few times. Um, The body's reaction diminishes. The gut heals. And if there's no further exposure, end of of story. But if you then eat the food containing uh, gluten again, what happens is you get an inflammatory process. You get this whole thing over again. And uh, then you get a problem. So we also know that regular consumption of foods that contain gluten can also cause fat malabsorption. So this is another important one, and lactose intolerance. So even um, if you weren't prone to those any um, any of those things in the first place, that uh, the ingestion of gluten on a regular basis can actually be a part of that. Now, um, these inflammatory processes, they're called lacteals. 
Um, they're responsible for breaking down fat into tiny weeny droplets. When the lacteals are compromised, um, they're little um, things at the tip of the villi, which is the little kind of finger-like things in the uh, intestine. When they're compromised, what happens is you can lose the ability to properly absorb fat. And that's crucial for hormone production and for the building of the cell membranes. Um, so you can be taking in all your vitamins and so forth, your A's, your E's, your essential fatty acids, your fish oil, and you will not be getting any benefit from that uh, particular uh, supplement. So it's worth having a look at if you suspect that you may have um, gluten intolerance. Um, now I know I'm a naturopath and there's many naturopathic tests around for this, but I'll go back to the, the medical model here. And I found a, a website that I think is really useful. Um, it's onabout.com and it's celiac disease and gluten sensitivity. Celiac disease and gluten sensitivity. So um, if you look that up, onabout.com, you will actually find out that uh, you'll have some tests there that you can do. Um, and there's a lot of very good information about gluten. Okay, so uh, that leads into looking a little bit at um, the leaky gut syndrome, which is uh, the condition that I had. It can be a byproduct of all of these things. And remember, all of these things can be the precursors to developing a cancer. Um, so they're things that are worth paying attention to. If you already have bowel cancer, they're things you can certainly pay attention to because it's only going to help in your recovery process. Uh, Fibre is something to uh, pay attention to. Now, you can have too much fibre. So if you have an inflammatory process going on in your colon, adding a lot of um, harsh abrasive fibre can make the condition worse. And when we talk to our bowel surgeon about this um, in a week or so's time, we are going to find out about fibre can be very good it can also, um, when it's in overload, can be a very bad thing for the colon. And I'm going to leave that area for him um, to discuss. And uh, I think particularly uh, for the uh, Asian diet, where you've got a lot of juices now being used in Asia, raw foods, um, it's changed the way that uh, foods are being processed in the body. And we're finding that those cultures um, are actually getting a lot more issues with uh, colon, with IBS, Crohn's disease, etc. Um, we talked about the immune system last week. Um, we talked about TREGS, which is the part of the, the white cells uh, that are actually in the colon. It's worthwhile going back and having a listen to that. I won't go back to that today, but I want to finish on bowel bacteria. Um, on, on probiotics because I think this is a really, really important um, area to talk about for cancer patients in particular or if you've had part of your colon removed um, as a part of another kind of bowel condition. So uh, we now know there's been some terrific research done recently. Um, you know, there's abundance of bacteria that live in the colon. Uh, when you have antibiotics, when you've had surgery, uh, when you have too many enemas, folks, you know, you can strip out those really good bugs and then you have to pay to put them back in again. <laughs> so it's a little bit uh, crazy sometimes. But those uh, bugs are absolutely critical for keeping the immune system of the colon in check. And uh, according to a published study, which was, um, uh, I think, December last year, 
that they now know that these key microbes, they're key regulators of host immunity and that they provide advances for inflammatory bowel disease, allergies and autoimmune diseases um, by having large numbers or introducing large numbers of these bowel bacteria. They're known as probiotics. There's a lot on the market. Search around for a good one. I think in today's world where we've all had a few antibiotics here and there, some of us more than others, that it's really worthwhile um, getting a good supplement. Um, you'd need to have high bacteria counts in the supplement because the stomach acid will uh, certainly uh, knock off a few as it goes through. So we know now that there's this whole beautiful colon system and we can enhance it by what we eat um, or we can cause it to be under pressure and under stress. And that's basically what it comes down to. So if we're looking at uh, preventing cancer or helping manage a cancer that's there, the least stress that's put on the gut, the better. And it's really an area where you can get educated and uh, really make a difference. So check in at grayschoolermedia.com for more about the colon. We're going to be back next week uh, talking about some other subjects. We didn't get time for treatments today, but we certainly will next week and um, then our bowel surgeon interview as well. So have a wonderful week, have a healthy week, and please use some of this information today on navigating the cancer maze. Thank you again for listening to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Please join your host, Grace Goller, again next Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember, cancer is not something you have to face alone.